Bienvenidos y welcome to the Biz Bruja podcast, where we're claiming our powerful intuition, our sacred medicina, embracing our magic and healing ancestral patterns, invoke powerful creations in our own well-being, our lives, familias, community, and our businesses. Remembering that our businesses are so important at this time. I'm the creatrix of this blogcast, the biz bruja herself, Vanessa Codorniu, a modern-day bruja, fourth-generation psychic medium, clinical hypnotist, energy healer, and soul biz mentor and coach. An Argentine-American who started reading adults at 16, became a professional intuitive at 22, and now guides creatives, intuitives, healers, and entrepreneurs to break through fears, connect to the practical power of their intuition so they can serve the world powerfully. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Today, there's a special edition of the Biz Bruja podcast because I have a lovely, lovely, beautiful sister, hermana, bruja, shamaness, healer, reader, spiritual psychologist, all-around badass, beautiful mama, uh, Anita Kopach. And I just wanted us to also see and feel and connect with her energy visually. Welcome, Anita. Welcome. Thank you so much. I love you. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm so excited to have you. And I just, before we get in, um, and it's 11, 11, I'm looking at right now. So, you know, in alignment, I want to share, it's just perfect. I want to share Anita's bio because uh, we're going to riff, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about a lot of probably a lot of tons of different things. I uh, want to read the bio and then kind of ground us into, and if you want to lead it or I can lead it, we can co-lead it, just setting the tone and connecting um, to Yemaya's energy. And we can do that after the bio, but we definitely want to sure. do that as we go in. So Anita's bio is, Anita is a pleasure alchemist, a spiritual psychologist, award-winning writer and activist. She was editor-in-chief of Heart and Soul magazine for five years. Before that, Anita was the managing editor of Beauty Sense magazine. Anita received her bachelor's in interdisciplinary studies at UC Berkeley and a master's in spiritual psychology from the University of Santa Monica. She is also a certified Tantra coach and the author of the book, Finding Your Way, and the creator of the Zero Fucks Given campaign. So welcome, Anita. Welcome. That's right. Thank you. I, I, I always love, love to hear people say that. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Zero just, fucks given. I love oh it. I love it. So we, before we, we like flow into it, can we like just drop in for a second and just call it? Do you want to do it? I, I would love to do it. I would love to do it. Uh, so if we can just close our eyes for a moment and take a few deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth as if you're blowing out your birthday candles. <laughs> mm. And in your mind's eye, I want you to imagine that you're standing in a beautiful ocean, about waist high. The weather is perfect. The water is clear. 
And as you feel the waves, your hips begin to sway. And your body begins to remember. Begins to remember your connection to the Divine Mother, to the Sacred Feminine, to a Shakti energy. And as your hips move from side to side, it awakens every cell in your body to all the senses around you. Awaken each of your senses with each flow of your hips. Is there anything that you smell? Anything that you hear? Anything that you feel or sense? Mm. You breathe that in and take a moment to really connect with the water and see if she has a message for you right now. Just take a moment. Mm. Breathe that in. Mm. And slowly begin to wiggle your fingers and your toes. And when you're ready, Open your eyes. Mm, that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Anita. Yeah. There's something that I wanted to share with you before we fully start. And um, it brings up emotion. Uh, when I first saw you, because I saw you um, speaking at an event, is the first time that I saw you. And um, I came into my gifts very early in life with, um, there were no guides that I knew of, you know, it was a long time ago. The world wasn't how it was now where you could look it up, right? <laughs> and yeah, find totally. you for some answer. <laughs> <laughs> and there was, um, this sense that I always had within me. If someone had said, if someone says they're a channel or not, I could listen to them. And there is a flow that comes out when someone is a true channel. And it's something that I've always been able to sense since I was young. And so when I could hear it, I'd be like, oh, oh you know, like it's, it's, yeah. it's a real one. It's a real one. And, um, and by the time I met you, I was already within my space and it, you know, had been doing my work for a long time. And you started um, sharing with the audience and um, channeling with the audience. And I was like, she's a real one. <laughs> I was like, I need to connect to her. Because 
it was just so beautiful to feel and hear and know and it really makes me feel as if i'm 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 laying in the arms of yamaya when i hear it right and so i just wanted to acknowledge you for sharing your gifts for so long and sharing with people how to open up their own gifts oh anita i'm like i know <laughs> i know and and thank you so much. And, you know, we recognize each other. Like, we recognize each other. And thank you for taking that moment to, like, to witness me as I'm witnessing you. And we're witnessing each other. And, yeah. I have no words right now. <laughs> like, feeling it. Uh, but so true. So true. And, um, yeah. And that's how I felt when I met you and, and here we are and we're flowing in this, in this time on earth. And I wanted to, one of the first things that I wanted to ask you, now I just want to hug you. So I'm hugging yes, you. I, know. I love you. I'm like, okay, we're hugging, we're hugging. <laughs> um, and I just want to share that when we, you brought us into that, um, you know, Yamaya's like, uh, you know, are, even if your mom is not physically on the planet anymore, like she's with you and I'm holding you. Mm. We're so proud of you. And I just felt like this beautiful energy. So, woo, yes. And, you know, we are in cancer season, so we are flowing. Yeah. yeah. When did you first connect to the energy of Yamaya? Because mm. sometimes we connect before we know the name. How did that come yeah. to you? So that's interesting. I'll, I love that you said we connect before we know the name. Uh, my ancestors are from Nigeria, so they, we, there is um, an ancestral connection that I have. But the first, I've, I've always, always been connected to the ocean, to water. Um, I would float for hours, like literally, they would just be like, "Okay, Anita's floating," right? Like. And, and the one thing about floating in the ocean is that I would kind of have to pay attention or else I float out, right? <laughs> but, but I would float for hours and my mom would just know, oh, Anita's floating, right? And, and just lay there, you know, listening to the waves and the water. And my grandmother in St. Kitts would, um, before the sun would come out, she would take her candles and her prayers out to the ocean um, and pray with the sunrise. And, um, but they would call her Obia woman, which is, you know, they, a, a witch basically. But she was very still into the church. She was, she's really into the church. So we didn't have the words as far as um, what is this energy that we're connecting to? Because it was, you know, it was Jesus and those, you know, like the church, right? Um, and the first time that I heard about the Orisha was when I went to Berkeley and I was taking, um, a Catherine Dunham class, um, technique and Catherine Dunham, um, studied in, um, what was it, was it Brazil or? Cuba, it might've been Cuba with, you know, and her dances were, are centered around the Orisha. So it was the first time that I really, um, really learned about them, right? And Oshun, I connected to Oshun um, first. 
and I was like, oh my gosh, she's me, you know, like yellow is my favorite color and I love honey. And, and, and if anyone doesn't know, I know I'm going straight into the Orishas, but the Orishas are, um, they're basically like goddesses um, from the Yoruba in, originated from the Yoruba in, in Nigeria. And, um, and so, uh, you know, she was the sweetness of life and honey and sensuality and dance. And if music is on, I, I have to dance, right? So there was this instant connection to um, Oshun and for, for a long time. And things, I mean, uh, there's so many magical things that have happened that um, I, within it that I can't even say like the amazing things that have happened. And I've said the one, the story of my, um, one of my best friends who is now past, he, he was um, a priest of Oshun. And um, I was in New York City. Now this is my, one of my best friends from California because I go back and forth, New York and California. He was my, one of my best friends in California. I had moved to the city. I'm in my apartment in Harlem and I'm hearing drums next door. And I don't know if you've heard the story already, but I, I was hearing these drums and I'm like, literally it felt like the drums were connected to my heart and they were pulling me next door. And I am like, Ivana, my sister is Ivana. <laughs> I'm mm. like, Ivana, do you think they would think I'm weird if I go next door? And Ivana's like, I don't think they would think you're weird, you know, but it's kind of, it is kind of strange, you know, you don't know them. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And it was like a struggle to not go. I finally decided to not go, right? Mm. Which is not like me. Usually if I'm feeling something, I do it. Yeah. And, uh, but I really was like, there was a part of me that's like, I mean, they're going to be like, who is this crazy girl? That's like, I hear the drums. I want to come dance, right? Yes, yes. And so the next day um, I go outside and uh, my best friend was actually with me. And uh, I had, I did have a big yellow shirt on. I was pregnant and um, this man comes out, he's an older black man. He comes out of the, the, um, the apartment or the, it's a brownstone comes out and he says, is your name Anita? And I was like, Oh my God, how did you know? Right. He's like, no, no, no. It's not like that. It's not like that. He was like, your friend Lee is inside. And I was like, Lee? I was like, what? And I go and he's in this corner is his birthday right his his orisha birthday he's in this corner like gold all around white and gold and dressed in this beautiful and he's literally glowing and i was like lee and he was like i saw you through the window and i was like oh my gosh and so we're like what the like magic right this is someone yeah. i know from california i'm in this big yellow shirt his godfather comes up and Lee's like, this is Anita. So, so I had given him a reading in California and his godfather got mad at me, was like, you know, not to me, but to him was like, you cannot get readings from anyone else, you know, outside of the religion and did, you know, he got mad, right? So I walk in with this big yellow shirt, pregnant, glowing, probably the same type of energy. And he's like, this is Anita. This is the woman who gave me the reading. And he's the godfather's like, wait a minute this is the woman 
and she just <laughs> happens to be here next door on your birthday and you know in yellow looking like Oshun walking in you can get a reading from her anytime <laughs> oh my god no it's so good it's so yeah. good so magical and so um, I think for me, one, one thing that I do is that I ask for my lessons to come in the most magical, sweet ways. And it's not always. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, and I, I wanted to share something um, as you were speaking is that when we are open and we ask, we receive and we're always being guided there are signs, there are symbols, there's that book, there's that person, there's that word. Um, I remember that. So I, I heard about the Orishas when I was a teenager, um, just because, so coming from Argentina, from South America to the United States, my mom, so my family is like several generations of intuitives and mediums, not necessarily connected to Yoruba or Santeria as a practice, but Espiritismo comes from there, Spiritism, yes. right? Uh, Europeans may have taken it over and called it Kardec and all this other stuff, and uh, but it comes from Africa, as we all do. And so as we came into the United States, my mom started seeing readers who were Cuban, Puerto Rican, Dominican. And so at a young age, I was sitting there at six years old, seeing, you know, hearing stuff. Mm. And, um, and we know too that sadly when Africans were brought over, that their religion was syncretized, right? They had to hide yes. their religion into Santeria and Candomblé and many other, yes. and Voodoo and other names. And so they started yes. to change. Mm -hmm. Like at the heart of it, it all comes from the same place, but it was all, it started to transform, to adapt, right? Yes. And, um, and I just remember, so it's, so it's been in my heart, like my mom had, but again, it was the saint that they had on the altar, right? As opposed yes. to, let's say, a representation but I can say this, that it's been a part of my life in that way. And I was having fibroids. Um, fibroids were suddenly growing. And, you know, that's the area of a shoe in the womb. And I was traveling in Argentina, a place where back then it wasn't known for a lot of Yoruba traditions. Now, now we see it coming out. It was there all along. It was yeah. just like hidden, underground. Right. It was right. Underground. So, and all I did, and I knew that, that Oshun was like, you know, the, the owner of this area. So all I did every day on my phone, in my earbuds, as I was going from doctor to doctor in Argentina, because I got all these pains and suddenly I had to like have doctors see me, is I just kept playing like her drums. So like, I kept playing mm. and I was like kind of crying mm. inside. I didn't want to get a hysterectomy. I was so, and my mom and dad had um, hired somebody to drive us there. And then they said, look, just no talk about anything in the car. We just don't know who you hire. We don't, and you know, in other countries, sometimes you get kidnapped, things happen. They might think you have money, you don't. You're like, how am I gonna pay that ransom? <laughs> My parents were just like, we're just, you know, simple middle-class people from the United States. So I didn't talk about, we never talked about anything in the car, but one day my parents stepped out of the car and the gentleman in the front seat turned around and goes, I could get in so much trouble and lose my job. And I had dark sunglasses on at the time. And so I, you know, lifted them up to look at him. And he's like, so please, please don't, don't say anything. Cause I do need my job. I'm like, no, no, I promise you. He's like, I'm a priest of Chango and I feel like I have to help you. I know. And I was like, uh, 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 right. And I just started crying. I just started crying. I was like, oh, I was hurt. God. I was hurt. And, um, and he said, and my wife is a priestess of Oya. 
something's going on with you, something big, like you're not talking about it. And I feel like we have to, and so I, they wound up doing a ceremony for me and it was oh, beautiful. Oh my gosh. It, I know. And I was like, you know, my mom's like, you don't know these people. What if they take you somewhere? And at that point, my mom, you know, was trying to, and she's a very deep woman, but she was trying to like cheer me up by getting me shoes getting me like cute clothes. And I'm like, I don't need the cute clothes. I need a healing mama. And the universe and God and the Orishas have sent me these beautiful people. And I wound up going somewhere and it all happened. And I remember they wrapped me up in this yellow cloth and I did not lose my womb. You know, I did not lose. And I mean, and it was like a six month pregnancy belly at the time when I finally got the surgery. So I didn't, it wasn't a surgery right after. But I will always, I will always give thanks and I just honor this energy, even if I'm not initiated into it, even yeah. if not. And my ancestors also actually come from three or four different places in West Africa mm-hmm. further back, but they're still there. And I Gosh. feel like every time I've gotten a reading, people are like, by the way, this is not new girl, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. somewhere it got lost, you're coming back. And so I'm just so grateful. And I just wanted to share that too, because there's a, there's a, we want, don't want to appropriate. Like it's important not to appropriate and take on something that we don't know anything about. It's important not to like some suddenly claim something. I also feel like it's important to honor and give thanks when maybe something that we don't think is our culture or, or we're, we know that it is, but we haven't grown up in it pops up in our lives. And it could be the same thing. It could be an indigenous tradition that suddenly pops into our lives or a Celtic or Celtic one that's suddenly like, here, talk to Rhiannon and work with her. She's going to help you. And so, or Kali Ma, you know? And so, yeah. And so Oshun spoke to you loudly. Your ancestors spoke to you loudly. And then I know that you wrote a book, right? And you've also worked with Yamaya. How did you discover Yamaya? How the she- Yeme, Yemeya, yeah. she discovered me, I would like to say. I mean, other than the fact that I've always been connected to the ocean, like I said, and my grandmother, um, I was definitely very Yemeya. But as far as the connection, literally, the book started pouring out of me. Mm. And I'm like, what is this, right? And so I'm like writing frantically. I'm saying this, but I was really writing. <laughs> I'm an, analog, I'm an analog girl in the digital world, I have to say. Yeah, me too. Very me too. Like, hello. <laughs> All right. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and it was just, it was flowing and she was telling me things. And um, there, it was, it's very interesting because, because the book, um, it, it, it comes out hopefully the end of the year. Things have been pushed out because of COVID and everything is kind of like, up in the air, but um, it it takes place in the early 1800s. Uh, it starts on the west coast of Africa, and Yemeya is a mermaid, a young mermaid. It is about her before she knew that she was a goddess, right? And so it's the mermaid story where they fall in love with a human. So she falls in love with a fisherman, and this all happens in the beginning of the book. He is captured by the slave ships taken to the new world so she follows him under the the ship right to the new world and she gets there and she's like shit how do i get on land right and she remembers that her mom told her a way to cocoon herself takes 40 days 40 nights so she's in a cocoon 
loses him, right? Like, but when she, she gets out of the cocoon, she is in the, um, the middle of an indigenous tribe that, that, uh, that nation that, that had the vision that she was there and knew that they had to protect her within the thing. So that's the beginning. And the whole time it's her trying to find her love while her skin color makes her a slave. But what I did was that I put it, I placed it into the middle of a historically correct time. So you're meeting people who were really during in that time. So as I was writing it, she was telling me, right? Like, who comes in and I'd be like, but wait, 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 are they in this time? And I have to look up their age and does it make sense? And it would always make sense. But, but I just had to, you know, I had to of check. Course. <laughs> <laughs> but she had this, and at this time I was the editor of Heart and Soul. So I was doing other things as well. And she um, brought in Harriet Tubman, right? And I'm like, well, I have to make sure this works. And she had this part where she says that Harriet Tubman gives this little um, uh, almost two-year-old a tincture so that she'll fall asleep while they're on the Underground Railroad. And so I put it in and then I was like, oh, I should take it out because I don't know if Harriet Tubman was an herbalist and, you know, like I don't want to make up stuff. And I was just, I was looking all over. I couldn't find anything about it for some reason. And that day I had a um, sales basically a whole sales presentation in the city. And um, there, there were like, not, maybe not hundreds, probably like, probably like 60 people there from, from different, from, from uh, like just, just different organizations and different, you know, people who we were trying to get money from for the magazine. And at the end of my sales pitch, this woman comes up to me, don't know where she was from, nothing. She was like, hey, how are you doing? And I'm like, good. And she's like, did you know that Harriet Tubman was an herbalist? <laughs> Everything just stopped, right? Everything just stopped. And I was like, what? why did you just tell me that? And she's like, you know, it was just going through my mind. And I just read it this morning because, you know, something, something. And then she was gone. And I was just like, all right. Okay, Harriet. Okay. Yeah, me, yeah, Harriet. You know, everyone who was with me on, on the journey. And um, to me, it felt like I needed to write something that could feel empowering to um, to really everyone, but mostly for me, it was for black women, black children, when they learn about slavery time. Because I remember learning about this time. Luckily, my parents told me of African history before and, you know, like the great, amazing things that we were doing before. Right. But if I didn't know that, and this was the history I was learning, not even that, I, I did know that. And I still felt like I, I, can, I can feel in my body what it felt like when they started talking about slaves and black people being two fifths of a human and things like that. There was huge, huge lump in my throat and I felt it in my stomach and I was like, oh my God, I'm not as good as them. Like, like what, what is, is this? what 
right? And then class is over and you go out and you play, right? And so I was like, I need to find something that feels empowering. Like, yeah, we went through some fucked up shit, but look at how fucking amazing we are and how amazing we were to be able to get through it. Yes. And, um, and so that is what's coming out. <laughs> Wait, you know, I'm reading it. You know, I am. You know we're going to share it. We're going to put it everywhere. So powerful. So powerful. And how did you, how did you manage being the chief, editor in chief of heart and soul having a pretty large family right you have three kids three and you kids. also have like sisters and they have kids and it's like everybody's down on the farm with the bees yeah. and everything. <laughs> like you know it's like it's you, how do you manage this really full uh personal life how did you do it and you know be the head of this magazine and your spiritual work i mean yeah how do it's you um so so really I, I cannot, um, what is the word when you do two things at the same time? Multitask. I cannot multitask. It sounds like I, I must be able to, cause there's so many things going on, but what that does for me is that when I'm doing something, I'm fully in it and I'm doing it and I'm present. And so, um, and especially with my being so connected to my, my feminine energy, I'm connected to both my feminine and my masculine, but with my feminine energy, it's a lot about flow, right? And so I flow from one thing to the next. And so I will, you know, if I'm doing, if, if that day I'm concentrating on the magazine, I'm concentrating on the magazine and I'm doing it the next day i go, I flow into the book, right. And I'm doing it. The next day I, I'm working on my zero F's giving campaign, right? Like, or I'm, but at the same time, obviously I have to be taking care of the kids and feeding them. And you know, <laughs> yes, I do do that. But, but there is this um, power in attention, right? Like yeah. what you give your attention to is going to flourish. Yeah. And so if you fully give your attention to something, it's, it, it's flourishing. And then you give it the time to grow on its own, right? Like, instead of being on it all the time. And so it has been a thing where it's more of a garden, like my life is more of a garden. It's not one big oak tree, right? There's lots of different things happening and I'm watering them and, and taking care of them in different ways. And the masculine energy comes in when it's time to present them, right? Like that, for me, that's where it feels like it, it comes in. And um, that's like the, you know, just even my presence on Instagram feels it, you might not say it looks masculine, but it's the, it feels like the, the process of doing it feels very masculine because I'm like, okay. Yeah. I totally understand. And not, yeah. and I find that when I speak with clients is that they, a lot of healers have a difficulty because they're in a very feminine energy space. And then they're like, I can't get out there to market and or they say to me i can't compartmentalize like you i'm like i'm not compartmentalizing i'm literally here present with my clients you know holding the space and then i'm out and then i'm on the you know temporary like on the cell hey everybody you know exactly and then i go and i'm like hey baby and i go eat lunch um but it's like really a flowing from one thing to it's the, the next. same type of thing the same energy 
Yeah. It sounds like it. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And that's what we were saying before we got on. When we were like, well, this is a podcast. I was like, but no, we're going to also do a video. Woo, let's go, you know. Um, I was like, I put this makeup on. We don't yeah, want to waste it. I can't let my girl down. I can't let my girl know. And I'm like, I should have put on. I, well, it says Moonchild, but I would have. You do. You look so little, cute. I had no little, question when I saw your face. and my thing, but this is good. This is good. <laughs> like, she's um, ready. She's ready. Yes, yes. <laughs> Um, but totally. Yeah. And I think that, uh, maybe, you know, what I suggest is also some healing for folks when they're, when they're having that difficulty, because I also find healers who are like, Oh, I'm so drained after my sessions. I'm like, to be honest with you, my sessions don't drain me. What drains me is other BS because yeah. in present moment, you're present, you're grounded, you're flowing. That's how mm -hmm. I experienced it. Mm -hmm. and, I'm, and even if I'm hearing the worst, you know, abuse like pain present life past life i am so happy that they're there and that we're here and that we could actually like release it heal it transform it that when i leave the session i'm actually uh my partner says that when i walk out of the office if i'm crying it's because i've been writing he's right <laughs> and he says but if you're dancing when you dance out of the because you have music on and you're like doing you know a little dembo a little perreo or something he's like it's because you were working. So he knows the difference. He's working next door. Um, so yeah, it's how do we incorporate? Like, it doesn't have to be so serious. It could be more, and everybody's different. Everybody has a different- Everyone aspect. is different. It is, it yeah. is very true. And it's interesting that you say this because there's, there's so many different ways that, that I work. So if I have a session, you know, on the phone with someone, I have the same type of feeling where I feel energized. And what was happening for a moment, because I do know how to take someone's pain away, alchemize it, and, you know, I, I know how to do that, right? But it is not necessarily something that I should be doing, right? Because when I, when I do that for someone, then they haven't done the work. And then the, you know, like, it's almost like the space is there and, and it just, the energy just comes back in almost like when you cut a cord, if you're not aware totally. of it, it's going to attach back. Right. And so, um, when I was doing my retreats, I, um, I realized at this one moment at one of, um, one of my first retreats, because I work with, with, um, sexual energy, which has very can can have very very deep wounds and i sat in this circle and i felt everyone's wounds and i'm like fuck i have two hours i'm gonna just alchemize it right because <laughs> i was like i'll give them i'll give them some tools but in the background i'm alchemizing right i'm like i'm doing we can say things but we know that the real work is happening energetically right yeah absolutely and girl I was out after that one, like literally sick on the ground. They're like, are you okay? And so that's when I was like, all right, I can't do it this way. And so from then on my retreats, like, although everyone felt amazing, right? They're like, wow, you know, like they felt amazing, but I'm like on the ground sprawled out and I'm like, no. So I, was like, you know, every single other retreat I did after, I'm like, here are the tools, right? I'm so you glad you brought this up. That's a shamanic thing. 
Yeah. That's a demonic thing. And that's something like in my, my family line too, like we absorb it. We're absorbing it because we're alchemizing it, and then the person feels great, but then your back hurts, your body hurts. Like my grandmother had that, my mom. And that's one of the things that I reclaimed in this life. Like I am going to support the healing, but I'm not going to take it on and get like super sick. So I'm glad that you brought that up because, and, and, and I know like I'm meeting a lot of young healers who are like, no, I like want to take it away. I feel bad for them. I'm like, no, don't take it away. People have to do their work. They could feel empowered enough to do the tool. So I'm so glad you brought that up because when I was, yes, I've been in situations where I've literally been like vomiting, you know, <laughs> you're like, wait out, you're shaking. And you know, there's, there's a thing that they say, you know, in many different shamanic paths that in order to be a full shaman, you have to heal yourself of something. Right. Oh, yeah. And and it's like, you, you do it once. You don't want to do it again. You're like, ever want to do it again. And that's it's, so it is. It's like a death in order to be a shaman, you die. You, you have your death. Yes. and wake up to right it's a what do they say i think the word shaman one who one who has died and has come back to life or something i can't remember the exact yes. translation yes, but i'm but. so glad you were so transparent and shared that because it's so true it is so true and even like when i started doing my retreats you know i noticed like everybody wanted to be around me all the time and i wanted to too because i love them right uh, we're all here for a reason, but I realized too that there were times I had to walk away. Exactly. Like I had to go into the woods by myself. I had to go into the labyrinth. I had to go get into that tub and yep. be like, release. I, I had to continuously cleanse because yes. it's like you're oversaturated with all the pain and everything that you're picking up. So yeah. Anybody yeah. listening out there, whether you're a healer, you know, professionally, or you're just a healing presence, which is equally a healer, um, you're feeling all this walking into family reunions, walking into <laughs> friends, you know, or into funerals or situations where people have gone through loss. Take care of yourself because you might be privately alchemizing and taking on other people's stuff. So I'm yeah. so glad that you talked yeah. about that. I'm so glad that you talked about, you said that you primarily focus on sexual um, power, tantric. What brought you to focus on that? Cause obviously you're so talented. Yeah. You can go into any direction. What yes. brought you to that, that sphere? Yeah, I, it was, it was personal experience. I was molested when I was seven and I did not, talk about it um until i was basically in my 20s uh i definitely kept it in buried and um i started doing some talk therapy right where it was you know i i definitely it definitely helped getting it out but within my sexual life what how it was coming out was i i went into the pushing away of any pleasure I didn't, you know, like didn't want to have sex, anything that felt too pleasurable, you know, like, no. Right. And, and so I would have flashbacks when I would be with my partner and I'd just stop. I'd be like, no, 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 no. Right. And like, we'd go to bed and it would be almost like a standoff. Like, I'd be like, oh God, I hope he doesn't try to have sex with me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was like, it was serious. Like, because he his what he thought was if i don't have sex with him that means i don't love him anymore right. that happens while that was not my experience right i was literally now that now looking back i was literally in this pain circle right like it was just like i, I like i was 
fighting off sex, right? Like, I do not want to have this. And, and at the same time, so there were all these things. I mean, I had three kids right in a row. I got herpes. I got like all these things that seemed, you know, I was molested. So it was all these things that seemed like, um, of course, my kids are wonderful, but my body, like having three kids in a row, it was intense, right? And so, you know, it was, it felt like, oh my gosh, sex brings pain is wow. what, what it felt like, right? And really what made me, what made me finally be like, I need to heal this. I was, it was, it was pretty late in life, late thirties that I had this idea. I know, I know. What do you mean? <laughs> How can I be You mean yesterday? You mean yesterday? <laughs> so, um, I, I, um, I went to one of my friends who was, uh, I, she did my master's program at, at, um, at USM and she was my daughter's dentist, holistic dentist. And she was doing some cranial sacral therapy on her and she felt something. And so she brought me back to the, to the office and she said, has your daughter been sexually molested? And I'm like, I hope not is she acting like it? And she's like, yeah, she's doing the things that you would think someone would if it happened to them. And, um, and then she was like, wait a minute, how old were you when it happened to you? And I was like, I was seven. And she's like, how old is your daughter? And I'm like, she's seven and she's a Pisces. So she's exactly, she's like, she is going to basically act out your trauma unless you work that shit out and i was like oh fuck like like if it was just for me at that point i was seeming like okay i'm gonna move through life with with holding this burden right you know like i can be i'm strong enough you know but then when i saw it with my daughter i was like oh shit i need to work this out and and again it was very magical because as soon as i decided that I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to film this because I know that I'm not the only person who has gone through this. And I told my sister, I told her what the film is going to look like. I'm like, I told her everything. And I was like, and the end is going to be this person who paints women, um, who, who paints women who have gone through sexual trauma. And she's, she is a, you know, priestess who heals. And Yvonne is like, does this even exist? And I'm like, I don't know if this exists but this is what i see right and i tell ivana that and maybe a couple weeks later is my birthday and i hire uh, a henna artist right who ends up not being able to come but she ends up sending someone else right so this woman walks in which you know who she is (laughs) this woman walks in and I, I had, had already sent a message to Lee, who has already passed away. I asked Lee, I was like, Lee, I want you to come to my party. And I want it to be so obvious that you're there, right? Like, it's not a question. So I sit down to get my henna done, and she comes up. And she's, she's a white woman, right? Italian woman. Comes up, and she has the same Orisha beads as that Lee would wear. And I was like, uh, 
right? And magical and sweet ways, as magical you Magical and sweet ways. So I was like, what? And then she's like, I keep seeing that I'm going to paint Yemeya on your body, right? And I'm like, I have chills all over because I'm like, what? She ends up staying the whole party. We sit in a circle at the end and she says, I know that you guys, you know, know me as, as this henna artist, but really what I do is paint women's bodies who have gone through sexual trauma. And you know, I think we could say her name because she won't mind. Oh, yeah. Margie. Yeah. Margie, the amazing Margie. And I just, you know, literally, I couldn't even tell her at that moment because I was just so blown away. And I don't know why I'm blown away by these things because they are amazingly normal in my life. They happen right, a lot. It's still beautiful to be blown away though, right? Exactly. It's like, exactly. And so she did do that. The film was called Touch. Um, it is, it is not quite available right now because when I did start showing it, it was, um, I was showing it at, um, in the city. Um, and what was happening is that people were having these huge breakdowns and I was like, okay, I want to find a way to, to share it in a more, um, responsible way, especially being a psychologist, because, uh, I felt like I was ripping these wounds and then saying, bye. Thank you for coming. <laughs> but I am, I am going to be showing it on, um, there's going to be a streaming site coming out called iWoman and they've picked it up. So it will be on there. And so it's figuring out a way to share in that way. So beautiful. So beautiful. So I'm so happy that it's going to be streamed. And what was the name again of where it will be streamed? I am woman. iWoman. I and it will be, it's called Touched. And Margie's in there. You'll see her amazing work. I also worked with a healer named Christopher Lee Mayer, who was phenomenal. He, he actually went through my body to find where I was holding the trauma and, you know, worked physically through that way. And the reason it's so powerful for me is because sex is like a playground now. Like it's, it's, it's so much fun. I connect with the divine. There's like, it's a completely different ball game. Yeah. And, and even though I was saying I would run away from sex, I was still having sex regularly. Like, you know, it, at least three times a week would, would, was how it was before. Right. And so it's not as if, I mean, I do have moments where it's a lot more than that, but I, I do it when I want to do it. Now, if I do not feel like it, I'm very clear, right? Not right now, right? It's not a big deal. He, and, and, and my partner has gone through his own healing. So he, like, it's, it's really amazing the way it worked because for some, sometimes your partners are not going to do the healing work and you outgrow them and yes. it's it's you know can be an interesting situation at that point and and Sheldon is so amazing at growing and healing and doing his own work in his own way right like his his path is very different than mine but um i when i was creating him in my mind the the thing that was number 1 on my list 
with someone who was able to evolve and grow. Yes. And, yes. and that's literally what he does. I and it. like for him to be able to, to hold it down with what I was going through, um, it was very intense because he's also a very private person, which I fucking tell my business, right? Like yeah, I'm an open book. You know? I know it's so crazy because I'm I'm much yeah I'm an open book and my partner is also is very like <laughs> so I try to be very retracted but it's Obviously yeah retracted. so amazing and so where does zero fucks given the campaign come from I mean yeah. obviously from all this but how was that it like did. so it, and it before was. we got on the call like I was telling you I had gotten a shirt and I was like ripping up my closet like where is it where is it where is it so I could wear it. I don't have it on, but still, I'm <laughs> I know. And then here, I brought, I got. There's here's one of the sweatshirts. This is Love the it. yellow sweatshirt that I wear all the time. Of course, of course, ocean wear. And um, so, so I'll tell you where it came from. Then I'll tell everyone what what it is. Um, so many of my ideas come to me when I'm either doing the dishes, sleeping, or driving. That's when my I, I call them inspired. Um, ideas come from and I was and so I keep a journal by my bed always and so I was asleep and I dreamt about it right and so I woke myself up I grabbed the journal I drew the zero f's given sign and I wrote down it it is a day of giving zero fucks in honor of everyone who was not able to say no or whose no was not respected basically so I wrote it down went back to sleep. So when I woke up, I almost had forgotten about it, but it was in my journal, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, this is brilliant. <laughs> like, this is amazing. And I had this whole thing of like, like, oh, like I had all these ideas and how I wanted to do it. And, and, and what happened was when I started sharing it with, with people who I wanted to be a part of, a part of it, it just kept growing and growing and feeling enormous, like too much, like too heavy. And, you know, cause it was like making it like making my, you know, someone said I need to make it a, a nonprofit. And I was seeing like everything that goes into making a nonprofit and it just kept getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And I just put it down. I'm like, nope, I'm not doing this shit. Right. I got enough on my plate. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what the heck is this? And then another moment of waking up from sleep, uh, midnight. It was like, it's time for zero fucks. It's time for it. And you're just going to go online. You're going to find a, 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 a basically a company that creates t-shirts where you can raise money for organizations right and you're going to give the money to to you know so the organization i give it to is is um the center for safety and change which i'm on the board of so so i was like well let me see if that exists it exists found bonfire and literally just uploaded my design that i had made before and it was as easy as that to get it on right but then I, I, I did this whole thing where I was like, I'm going to find a whole bunch of celebrities and influencers to 
to, you know, we're going to have it on 11-11. It was last year, 11-11-19, where we all wear the shirts and say what it's about and say where the money goes and everything. So, you know, we did it. There was all these stories that came out, you know, people, you know, BET, um, TV One, like a lot of different people wrote stories about it. So it was just really, it was a really beautiful day, right? Because it's 11-11 that I'm seeing all of this. And, I, and it hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, the little seven-year-old that was so scared for someone to find out is now like, here, everybody see let all the shame like lift and you know i have chills because it was it was such a moment of being seen of having the wound being seen and it was it's literally like as your wound is being seen that the the act of being seen helps heal it yes 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 and um so that's where zero f's given came from and it was um the actual day uh, was June 7th and it was, I had, it was supposed to be a whole event on Times Square. And, you know, I had, I had, we, we, we were in the process of creating it and then COVID hit yeah. and I ended up doing a virtual one that was beautiful. So it was really an awesome event. And I love that because, you know, this was a divine, so it came from your own path. It came from your own experience it came to you intuitively at the time. It wasn't right. It felt overwhelming. You put it to the side, which goes back to what you're saying. You're in the garden. The feminine energy is to like, you water this part, you water that part. You give it space and time to grow. You come back to it instead of the masculine energy of like, grow, grow, grow. <laughs> and a lot of us are afraid that if we let go of that book in that moment, or we let go of that idea that we're not going to come back to it, but it also needs to germinate on the energetic side and the metaphysical and the spiritual. And then like bonfire was there. This is so, so beautiful. Oh. And so, and I mean, you know, as I'm listening to you and I mean, I wanted to support the campaign when I bought it, but I also was molested at seven and have experienced sexual harassment throughout my life. I would say that probably I have extra weight on me as protection. I still know it to this day. I've done healing work on it. But at this point, I'm also comfortable with my body the way it is. Mm -hmm. I never hated it or anything. So mm -hmm. even though I'm working towards fitness and health, mm -hmm. uh, for me, the focus of saying, let's say being 20 pounds lighter is not a big deal. Yeah. It's been about being who I am, being healthy. But I know that initially I did also gain weight to protect myself. Yes. It yeah. didn't really happen anyway. But it's such a strange thing um, that we're speaking on this too. Because I've literally told my partner, I said, I sometimes feel like it's like this patriarchal thing. And I mean, some women are very naturally thin to keep us thin so they could pick us up and carry us off, you know, mm -hmm. like this, I, and that's like an ancestral, I think, thing for me where it's like, I don't want to be able to be carried off. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 I've, I know it's I funny. It. It's so I funny. It. I, said to, I said to my partner, I said, you know, a dude, somebody's going to have to think twice before they pick me up. You know, and it's not that I'm unmanageable, but it's like, I, you yeah, know, yeah. they're going to have yeah. a struggle. And so it's, I know it's, and I say this out loud for anybody who's listening because I know it consciously, I know it emotionally. And at this point I'm like, okay, that's why it happened. But I'm just focused on enjoying my life, my body, my sexuality. 
on uh, being fit and healthy in this body, yeah. you know, yeah. and some extra weight falls off. Great. Yeah. It doesn't, but it's it doesn't, just, it's not, it's, it, you, you don't need it. Well, yeah. that's, that's, that's the most beautiful place to be within it. Um, it at our, at my, um, when I was doing my, my master's in spiritual psychology, that was one of the things was like, like there, if, if someone's goal is to lose weight, right. And they're, they have no idea that they're holding the weight on because of, you know, a trauma that happened. If they lose the weight without working on what, what happened, they're literally going to expose that themselves to that trauma within themselves and gain the rate right back. Yeah. And that and happens so, to me. The attacks yeah. all happen to me like always, like the like I've had a lot of different attacks throughout my life, but they always happened when I was the size four or five. Right. And, and then I went into therapy. I went into deeper healing. I went into um, priestess healing and ancestral healing. And, um, and then it's, it's stopped. And also the intuitive knowing of like, don't go down there now. Don't walk down here. Don't do this. Uh, but yeah. we could, that could be a whole separate, you know, and so like, where do you find yourself now? There's so much right to you, but where do you find yourself now? You've got this powerful campaign. We're in the middle of one of the like greatest civil rights movement of the United States and me, and hopefully the world yes. kind of digging our feet saying, it can't be like, I remember in 2016, also four other black men were killed almost the same week. It was like June, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And I remember very strongly because I didn't like to come out on video. I was always writing and I was like, I don't need to be seen. I don't need to be seen. And when that happened, I was like broken. And then I was like, I just have to, I just can't, I have to speak. And that's when like I broke through in service. Like I can't like, and so we've seen this before we've seen protests before we've gotten mad before we've spoken up before it feels different this time anything that you can speak to that you know and i don't it i does. wouldn't put anybody else on the spot with this but i feel like you're in this you're an, oh, you're, you're an actor right I'm you're in it. it i've been watching you as we say yeah. we watch each other on, on, on instagram so what are some of the feelings of the like it feels amazing it feels amazing and what 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 that is and i don't want to be insensitive to to the things that brought us there but within any war there are going to be casualties right and there are going to be people who sacrifice themselves you know who who like if we think on a spiritual level they've already decided this before they even came and so they, they, the fact that, cause for me, like you said, this has been happening for a long time. So I've been crying about this for a long time, a very sensitive being. So anytime something like this happens, I go through my own thing. And so the fact that other people are seeing and standing up and, you know, out there doing things and making moves and changes, there is a part of me that feels so full, right? Like, it's like, yes you go do that and i'm going to create because you say you know they say they say you know lift black voices you know or share black voices and yes. stories it's not just about the black voices who are fighting right now it is the black voices the brown voices the ones that are literally creating the world in which we are moving into 
Yes. We have known the blueprint. We have been working on it this whole time. Every single healer I know has known that this, this was going to happen. I've been talking about this time for over 20 years with all of my healer friends. We didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. I didn't know it was going to be, <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be like, um, you know, COVID and all of that. But I knew that the time was coming and I knew it was coming soon. I was telling, um, I'm also, you know, within the, the goddess wisdom council, the council, there's five, five of us that do the retreats around the world. And I, I, I kept saying like, it's something is, is going to happen. There's going to be a huge shift and no one is going to want to do retreats the way that we've been doing them. I was like, and I kept feeling like, because we had a Miami retreat that we were supposed to do. And I'm like, I don't think, even though we had people signed up and everything. I, was Mexico, like, I, I had the Mexico retreat. I know yeah. at the same time. It's like, I was like, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, like, what are you talking about? I was like, and in my head, it felt like no one's going to come, but it's because there's a huge shift that's happening. And it just didn't make sense in my head. So I didn't even, you know, like I would just stop saying it, but we all felt something we didn't yeah. know what it was. Yeah. So this is not new for a large group of people. And there's this feeling that I feel that, um, that we, a lot of us have already, I can feel it in my throat, gone through the depths of, you know, I, I don't like to call it depression because it feels like an underwater, right? There was a whole group of us that went through it right before this and we were coming out of it as this was coming onto the world so so we were literally on the wave that's like oh you know everyone else is like falling apart you know like what's happening well we're like woohoo right but exactly I'm not share that because like, or some people yeah we are sharing it now but but at first I was kind of hesitant because I'm like well this feels amazing right like everything is falling off. All of a sudden I'm not doing this thing on Times Square. I don't have to fucking work with the city. I don't have, like I was letting go of all these things that my spirit really didn't want to do, right? And it's just like, to me, it feels like there is this, there's, there is a group of us, a large group of us that is living years ahead, right? And so because we already went through what the collective is going through right now, as far as depression or whatever the thing is that they're feeling through this time, right? We've already gone through that. And now we are living in the world that has been created, right? Like, so our mind or our spirit is living in this world that's coming next. Yes. And so some people might call it heaven on earth. Some people, you know, whatever it is. And so... So now that my spirit is in that place, I'm like, all right, what do I need to create in order to inspire the minds, the souls to live in that place? So that's where I'm like, let's be in our labs right now. Those of us who know what's coming next, let's be in the labs creating what is going to inspire people to be in that place. Mm, I love that. I love that. I'm so glad that <clears throat> you shared that. Um, because I also was holding back in that we were talking about this right before that um, people have called, Oh my God, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know. And I'm like, I don't feel like that at all. 
<laughs> I feel I was like, whoa, I was born for this. Buckle up. Dun, 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 dun. And then it's yes. like, oh, and like you're riding. <laughs> you're not going to fall off. But if you fall off, you automatically pop back on. It's like, it's been, you know, when I say this, I don't say this lightly. Like also my retreats, international and local were shifted. I lost my coaching clients in March. That So I have a multi-level where I'm always teaching classes in English and Spanish. I have retreats going and I have coaching clients that sign up for a certain amount of time. That is what assures my income coming in. I've supported myself all my life, even now with my partner, um, that I know that I'm getting my five or six or seven or eight or more grand, whatever, a month to pay everything. Well, they fell off because they lost their business. They lost their job, like things happen. But then I sat there and I was like, I've been through worse, you know, because I had gotten laid off, crawled out of a car accident. Like all these things happened to me in 2012, right? Uh, lost my love at one point was like really practically homeless then created a business hit six figures my first year like this and I'm like okay what how do I serve what do I need to do and it was like and I don't teach Reiki online right like I've been doing Reiki for I don't even know 20 something years I use it every day energy healing I use it even when I don't call it Reiki because it is and we all have that birthright but I was like wait what better way than to support people at home who need a self-care technique and then I yes. did a pay what you can. A hundred people came through in four different sessions. So it was very like, wow. you know, even before we came here, I was like, okay, pivot. We're going to do it now in a video. Yes. That's what I've been like, okay, what do I need to do? Well, Vanessa, if you're going to be on this podcast, offer the $97 ancestral healing. Boom. They get sold out. So it's been just like riding the wave. Yeah. And I mean, on the other side, you know, and you're in New York as well. You're in New York. I'm from New York. I was also writing condolences to people, like seven condolences a day for two months. I don't know if that happened to you, but it did like clients exactly. call me like, oh my God, my mom's here and I'm connecting and I'm like, I'm, she's gonna go. And she was healthy, the mom. She doesn't wanna be here anymore. She has dementia, she wants to go. And then like two weeks later, she called me, she's like, my mom passed. And, but yeah. she knew, right? Uh, I lost my own mom, thankfully not to COVID. It's not been like an easy time for me, let's say. Like it's mm -hmm. been a very like, life-changing but at the same time she's like "Woo, you were born for this let's go you know yes. um and yeah. so it's been super challenging but at the same time like we've been training for this all our lives all of our lives all of our lives and this life and it's yes. the last week but that's a whole <laughs> exactly. other session um and so and for anybody who's listening you know if you're not feeling this way that's fine everybody's going through what they're going through when they're going through it um and you're in the right place uh, yes. for the creators of the new way and who are in the lab for other folks who are in the trenches and creating for other people who are trying to just get good habits to day to day. Cause I hear a lot of that from people. They're yeah. like, I'm sleeping better. I'm taking care of my health. I'm eating better. Um, they're worried about their money, but they're still like, and yeah. so there's, and, and something that somebody said to me, you know, I almost canceled one of my Reiki trainings as I was like, there's a protest here in Harrisburg, you know, but I had 32 people signed up and I was like, should I call them and reschedule or write the email? And my guides were like, everybody has a job, Vanessa. You're giving people this technique so they can self heal and then work with the people in their home. Yeah. This is your protest. This is your protest, protest saying we're exactly. reclaiming our MF abilities it yes. happens to be through a Japanese path, but we all have the ability to heal yeah through energy healing and so everybody has a job and 
anybody else who's out there and worrying, well, we don't know where we're going next. Well, there are a bunch of folks that kind of do and they're co-creating it now. Yeah. And I think, what would you say to folks who are going through depression and sadness? Like, what would mm -hmm. you say to those folks right now who yeah. are yeah. not so, experiencing the woo, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which, which like I said, I, I went through, through about three and a half years of it right before this. I came out right before this. And, um, and for me, what helped me was my circle of women. And so we literally would meet, I mean, on the phone every week, every week. And, and, you know, for this particular circle was, was someone, you know, the ones that I would do the, the retreats with, but it can be just a group of women that you connect with and you just give each other the, the, the talking stick, right? Where it's not, it's not about giving advice. It's like, okay, this person talks for five minutes, five minutes, everyone speaks for five minutes, you know, open up with, with a grounding the way we did, maybe pull a card, speak, yeah, everyone gets to speak for five minutes and that's it. Or you could have feedback or, you know, it's really about just that connection. And that's literally how I made it through because it, it, I, I didn't see that it was going to end anytime soon. And, and three and a half years is a long time of feeling underwater, you know, yeah. where, you know, I, I would still go through my day doing everything. I was still working, doing all this stuff, but with this heavy, 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 heavy feeling. Right. And, um, what I realized, because I, would, I, I was always speaking to my ancestors, I would just say, What's, what, what is going to help me? And they kept saying, clearing, clearing. And so I was clearing my house. I was like doing, and as soon as I would start feeling um, overwhelmed, I could hear them say, there's no rush. Like literally there was no rush in it. It was just slowly clearing maybe just one little corner of my house or what, you know, like whatever it was. And what happened within those three years was that I was able to touch upon a part of myself that I had not gone to the rest of my like my whole lifetime I had never been that depressed and so I was able to bring those feelings into the book right into shallow waters so then now I was seeing where Yemeya felt this way and I was able to go in and explain it even deeper right so there were so many jewels that were from this time, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with, I can see how people might get addicted to being in the space, as painful as it is. I fell in love with that space. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was so scared of this. Some people might call it the shadow or whatever. I was like, I was so scared of it before. But it's amazing, like the, the things that are in it, the depths, the jewels. And so um, I would say not to fight it. 
to let it flow. This too shall pass. You, the only way to walk through hell is to walk through it, right? I don't know how many different cliches I can say is to keep walking, keep going. And to keep going might not look like you're working. It might look like you're laying down and not doing anything all day, but allowing yourself to fully be in it. Like if your body's saying, I can't do anything today, give that to it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I felt that deeply. And I agree with that. Um, Yeah, it's so powerful. How would you say, you know, one of the things that, you know, I was the urban priestess for many, many years, and then I changed now to the Bisbruja. And part of it was because I feel that in order for us to be able to create our sacred work in the world, we have to tap into our magic. We have to tap into, it's like to create our business, to create our, you know, business, can be a, like a foul word in some people's mouths or the word power, right? Because of the definition that we've experienced on earth. Um, what would you say to folks who are healers or creatives and they're wanting to, you know, bring their sacred work into the world at this time? Yeah, do it. I feel like it, I mean, obviously, cause you do have to bring in that masculine energy. Cause I feel like with the business it, it I, you know, I do have to tap into my masculine energy to, to move into that. But if you're, if you're feeling like it's time for you to share, it's time for you to share. That's all you need. That's, that's, you you don't have to look for any more signs. If you're feeling it, let this be the sign. (laughs) Let this be the sign. Because this is the time now where we need it. Like you said before, there are so many people who are feeling lost during this time right now too. And so it's, it's so wonderful when you, when, when you are feeling lost to see like, to see someone who has the lighthouse, like, oh my gosh, that feels good. I'm like feeling like I can see that and know how many times in my life where I have been out to storm. And when I saw the lighthouse, like, oh, there it is. Yeah. There's land. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Anita. We can have like so many conversations um, and we will. I'd love to have you back, especially when your book comes out. Mm, Shallow Waters. Can't wait. <laughs> um, so thank you all and everyone listening. I will. Where can people find you? If they want to reach out to sure. you, if they want to follow you. Yeah. You can find me. I'm mostly on my Instagram and that's my name, Anita Kopach, A-N-I-T-A-K-O-P-A-C as in cat, Z as in zebra. And from my Instagram, I have my my link tree on there with all of, there's a, a lot of different interviews and articles. And as far as the Goddess Wisdom Council, we have the, we have goddesswisdomcouncil.com and that shows where we have our retreats right now where we have canceled the retreats but um eventually when we start doing them again that's where you can find that information but i share everything on my instagram so that would probably be the best place beautiful beautiful thank you anita adore you everyone thank you so much i will put all of her information down there and um and we will definitely have you back Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Bye, everyone.